Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue with our study of Sefer Shoftim, the book of Judges, chapter 5. We began uh, reading the Shirat Devora, the song of Devora, which she sang upon the victory of the people of Israel over the armies of Sisera. <clears throat> and uh, we read from chapter, uh, verse 1 through 11, and today we're going to continue with verse 12. Uh, there were many themes and ideas that Devorah covered in the first part of her song. Um, I'm just going to review one basic concept that we that um, we got from uh, Devorah that we uh, read and heard at the beginning of her song. And that was the idea that, number one, Devorah differentiated herself from the other kings in, in that she gave full credit to the victory full credit for the victory to God, to the people for strengthening themselves, dedicating themselves to God, and therefore having the courage to fight. Um, that when the people uh, did not have that dedication to God, um, they were weak and they were um, uh, they had lacked the morale to to fight for themselves and protect themselves against their oppressors. But in re reminding themselves of the covenant they made with God at Sinai, they therefore <clears throat> were able to strengthen themselves and fight and win this battle. <clears throat> she also recognized that previous leaders had not been able to arouse the people as she had. And, and once she was able to ar arouse in the people this hitnadvut, this dedication, they were able to fight and win. Um, she also discussed to some degree how God uh, intervened in the battle by having the, um, the waters of the Wadi Kishon, the Kishon River, overflow so that the chariots of Sisera were of no use. Um, and at this point in verse 12, Devorah says, the following stirring words, Uri, Uri, Devora, wake up, wake up, Devora. Now that Devora has given credit where credit is due to the people and their dedication and to their relationship with God and of course to God himself, now it's Devora says, wake up, now it's your turn. Uri, Uri, Dabri, Shir, wake up, Devora, wake up. It is time for you to sing a song, to speak in song. Kumbarak. And then she turns to her second-in-command to Barak. Kum Barak, you get up, and capture your captives, Ben Avinoam, you son of Avinoam. This um, idea, now it's time for me to sing to God. Barak, it's time for you to do your job as general and capture your captives. In verse 13, um, um, after we sing, only after we sing to God, when we sing to God, then verse 13, Oz Yirad Sorid, then the remnant. Sorid is a reference to the suffering people of, of Israel who were suffering under the oppressive hand of Yavin. The you, the remnant, Sorid could sometimes mean a refugee or or the or what's left of the people after the oppression. Now, now then, now that we sing to God, now you as the Sarid can adirim am. Now you can be yored. You can rule over those that powerful nation of, of Canaan that used to rule over you. Adonai Remember, it is God who has allowed me 
me, Devora, speaking on the name of the people over those powerful nations that used to rule over you. It is that relationship with God that allows you now to rule over them. Mini, so now Devora turns to the tribes who helped in this battle. She's going to point out that some of the tribes helped, lent their hand, and participated on behalf of their brethren, and others sat on the sidelines and did not help. So she begins with the people of Ephraim who were integral to this battle. Mini Ephraim, it is from you, Ephraim, Sharshamba Amalek, whose roots are in Amalek. Whose roots are in Amalek. What does this mean? The, the, in general, most of the, um, I'm going to go with the way the Radak explains this Pasuk, but it's uh, very similar to what the other uh, classic commentaries explain, and that is, is that from you, Ephraim, this battle started. Your roots are with your old battles that you used to have, that we used to have against Amalek. That's referring to Joshua, who was from the tribe of Ephraim, who led the people in their battles against Amalek, as we read in the last book of, of Judges. So just like your roots of fighting for the people go all the way back to then, and now you uh, stepped up to the plate again and led the way. Acharecha and after you the Binyamin ba'amamecha. The people of Binyamin, those that are your relatives, your brethren, um, uh, that are uh, part of your nation, they followed after you and pulled their weight as well. Mini machir. Also, it began with you, Machir. Machir is one of the sons of Menashe um, that lived in the Averhayardin on the other side of the Jordan. Yardu Mechokakim, from you, real leaders. She chooses the language again to refer to leadership, the language of Mechokak, which are generally a term used for legislators. But from you, Machir, came down your leadership came down to lead the way and to fight this battle. Umi Zvolun, and from Zvolun, as we read earlier, Moshchim B'Shevet Sofer. You have um, been Moshech. You have held up or, or uh, with the staff of the Sofer. The Sofer often means a scribe, sometimes means a scholar. Here, it more likely means a Sofer, a... a um, one, one, one who, who leads uh, 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 troops, one who leads a group. Uh, it's, it's, um, uh, there's various ways to translate it, but over here in the context, it most likely means the third translation. Um, the, the, uh, the, the, the fact that she chooses to use these terms, mechokakim and sofer, does not, uh, is not ignored, of course, by the rabbis who understand this to mean that the, the Torah leadership, the rabbinic leadership, the religious and spiritual leadership participated and led the way in this battle. And, and by her choice of terms, it would seem that Devorah is emphasizing this as well. Vishorai biyisachar im Devorah. And the, the, Vishorai, I'm sorry, and the leaders, um, of Yisachar also came along with Devorah. The leaders of the tribe of Yisachar, they were with Devorah. They were with Devorah when she came to lead this battle. The Yisachar and Yisachar, the tribe of Yisachar, Cain Barak, were similar to Barak. Be'emek shulach b'raglov. He sent his feet, in other words, he charged into the valley together with Barak. And now, this I'm still in the middle of verse 15, but now she flips to a tribe that she singles out for their lack of participation. But biflagos reuven, now this is a difficult uh, thing to translate, 
uh, peleg, the root of the word plagot, pe lam and gimel, means um, uh, groups or separations. It, it, it gives the uh, idea like cliques or clans or different groups. It does not connote uh, a unity it, of, 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 it connotes uh, different clans separating themselves into different groups, different, different um, you know. And, and so biflagot ruvein, it can be translated among the groups of ruvein, or it could also mean with ruvein's separation, or ruvein separating himself. Um, so uh, the, those are two translations that we find among the medieval commentaries. However, either regardless of which translation we use, it gives the sense of Ruvain separating himself, of the tribe of Ruvain not participating. And among them, Gidolim Chikikelev, Gidolim the Great Ones, Chikikelev were making uh, decisions of the heart. Nechakok could also mean cracks and breaks in the heart. So this trans, this phrase could mean Gidolim, great people had broken hearts over the separation of Ruvain, which is how the Malbim reads it. Another way to read it would be Gidolim Chigikelev, that the great leaders of Ruvain were, were, were thinking in their hearts planning in their hearts, making decisions in their hearts regarding what to do. Should we join? Should we not join? The way Rashi describes those decisions, he describes it as the people of Ruvain, the leadership of Ruvain, were watching the battle to see. Let's see who wins, then we'll decide which side to be on, which is obviously not very supportive of their brethren. Um, so then in verse 16, Devorah turns to the people of Ruvain and rebukes them. Remember, Ruvain was famous for taking the land on the opposite side of the Jordan River and somewhat separating themselves from the rest of the people because they had large flocks and they wanted of sheep and they wanted to have a lot of pasture land and there was more room there. So here Devorah turns to them, Why did you sit amongst your flocks of sheep? To listen to your... Um, uh, 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 this, the... the the sounds of the of the pipes or the sounds of your flocks. You're listening to your sheep's Babylon, and that's why you, where you decided to stay, right? Why did you sit there? Why did you not participate in the battle like you should have? In the old days, the people of Ruvain led the battle, but now this is how you behaved. And again, she uses a similar phrase which she ended the previous verse with a slight difference, which I'm going to point out. Liflagot Ruvain for the separations of Ruvain, and there, again, there's two ways to translate this, either Ruvain separating himself or amongst the separate groups of Ruvain, Gidolim Chikrei Lev, there were great people searching their heart over here. She chooses not Chikikei, but Chikrei. She chooses to use a word that rhymes, that fits her poem. But it also is telling to switch the words between Chikikei, a broken heart, and Chikrei, a heart that sits and makes decisions. A heart that's not decisive in the time of battle is not the time to be sitting around and making uh, and and deciding. And now is the time for action. The time for deciding had passed, but Ruvain decided instead to sit around and decide, which was not very helpful to their brethren. Verse 17, she continues her criticisms. Gilad, be'ever hayardein shachain. Gilad, who by the way was part of the clan of Menashe, and it is pointed out by most of the commentaries that Gilad is the son of Machir, um, who lived on the opposite side of the Jordan. 
Um, and Machir, remember, we just mentioned before, did participate, despite living on the other side of the Jordan, did participate in the battle, and Devorah complimented them for that. Gilad be'ever hayardain shachain. Gilad lived or remained on the other side of the Jordan. It sounds like she's criticizing them in the context she just criticized Ruvain, who was on the other side of the Jordan, and now she's saying Gilad also stayed on the other side of the Jordan, which would, which is the way um, uh, Rashi reads this. But in other words, this is a continuation of the criticism. But the commentaries all jump on Rashi and say, how could this be if Gilad and Machir were the same group? So how could she compliment them for participating in the same time as she's criticizing them for not participating? So they explain that this is actually more of a continuation of the criticism of Ruvain. Ruvain, you stayed there. And don't, and don't give me the excuse that it's not your problem because you're on the other side of the river because Gilad also lives on the other side of the river and they came and participated, so why didn't you? And that's how they understand this phrase. Vidan and the tribe of Dun, Lama Yagur Aniyot. Why did you remain among the ships or by your ships? Asher Yashavu Chof Yamim. I'm sorry, Asher, that's, that's, that's the next one. Vidan, why did you remain among the ships? Now this is um, a, um, a phrase which is also difficult because Dan was... Um, not it, it sounds like Don is it lived by the sea and they just hung around their ships and didn't bother, but that's not really exactly where the portion of Don was. So the commentaries understand this to mean that Don took ships over the Jordan River to escape the violence rather than participate. So and that's this is the criticism. Don, why did you, um, uh, uh, you know, get into the ships and hang with them and run and away from battle instead of join the battle? Asher, the tribe of Asher, who also did not participate. Yoshav l'chof yamim, you stayed at the, at the, at the beaches, at the um, seacoast. And you just hung out by the bays, by the, Mifrats is a place where, is a port or a bay where the ships come in. Asher, whose uh, portion was by the sea, you just stayed there and did not participate. She continues to, um, uh, discuss the tribes, but now she turns to those that did participate again. Zivulun amcheref nafsho, but Zivulun, you are are amcheref nafsho lamus. You um, uh, uh, were um, you you uh, revealed your soul literally. You know, you put yourself out there lamus to die, right? And as you put yourself out at death's risk in order to save the people, the naftali. And Naftali al Sada, you went out there on the heights of the field. You didn't hide back. You didn't hide in your ports. You didn't run across the Jordan. You didn't stay on the other side of the Jordan and hide and, and watch. But you were on Marome Sada. You went out up into the open fields and went to battle. And she now turns to the enemies, and the kings, you came and you did wage war. Then the kings of Canaan came and waged battle and at the um, waters of Megiddo. But you didn't win. You didn't win any any bounty, you didn't win any kesef, you didn't win any silver, no spoils. Bin Shamayim Nilchamu, from the heavens they waged war against you. Hakochavim Nimisilosam, the stars changed their paths. Nilchamu Im Sistra, and they waged war with Sistra, changed their paths, meaning those pathways that their 
that their stargazers and astrologers looked at to declare victory clearly left their paths. And what happened? And here's where Devorah again gives us away what happened, how, how God intervened. Nachal Kishon Girafam, the Wadi of Kishon, washed them away. Here we see clearly that what had, the, 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 what had happened was the chariots were useless because the Kishon overflowed and caused everything to be muddy and the chariots and the weapons were useless. Nachal Kidumim Nachal Kishon. The 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 that the um, wadi of Kishon became a a raging uh, uh, a a fl- overflowing uh, wadi. Tidrichi nafshi oz, may my soul uh, go on, move on in strength, says Devora. May my soul go on in strength. Oz halmu ekvesus. Then the um, horses' um, uh, uh, heels became. Um, uh, uh, they started to pound into the, into the mud when Nachakishon overflowed. Mi daharot daharot abirav, as the um, as the uh, um, horses tried to gallop on forward. In other words, instead of uh, waging battle like they were supposed to, the horses started to gallop. I'm going to conclude with this next verse. Oru may rose, may the people of the town of the city of may rose, which was close to the battle, may they be cursed. Omar Malach Adonai says the messenger of God. Remember, Devorah is speaking in the name of God as a prophetess. Oru oror may the residents of the town of may rose be doubly cursed. Kilovo lezrat Adonai, because they didn't come to help in the battle of God. Lezrat Adonai bagiborim, to help in the battle of God versus the powerful armies of Sisra. So this ends, uh, 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 with this I'm going to end this portion of the song. And the next portion of the song is going to uh, focus on Yael, on, on, the, in, on the, the other heroine of this story, the other woman who is the heroine, um, and, and her deeds. And so this folks story, the song will change focus to the third segment of the song. So I'm going to stop here. This is the end of Judges 5b. Thank you so much for studying together this beautiful song of Devorah. Looking forward to studying the rest of the song together in our next podcast.